Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Yeah, so one word, inflammation. Um, you know, inflammation is the is the root cause or, or is undeni- under, underlying everything from pain, but it also shows you where there's injury. And the body has a mechanism to reduce inflammation in the body naturally. And there's so many things that are causing inflammation in the body that are unnatural from the chemicals, the lotions, the potions, the water pollution. I mean, 80% of us now have pesticides in our urine. The rainwater is no longer safe to drink. And so while I was chasing a lot of pain and issues with folks um, in, in their body and in their mechanics, I was like, well, wait a minute. There's also this other thing that's at play here, which may be causing what we'll call a false positive alarm. Hi, I'm Pete McCall. And thank you for tuning in to this episode of the All About Fitness podcast. That voice you just heard is a guest for this episode, Dr. Bill Farrow. Dr. Farrow is a chiropractor and the creator of the Better Health Protocol. But first, a little note about chiropractic care. I've seen a chiropractor myself for a number of years. It, it helps keep me up my spine in alignment. As a former rugby player, specifically in the front row of a rugby scrum, yeah, my spine took a lot of abuse in my younger days, and I do see a chiropractor on a regular basis. So I do believe in and I am a fan of chiropractic care. And as Dr. Farrow discusses today, one of the major tenets of chiropractic care is putting the body in a position for the body to heal itself. That's right. That's what chiropractic care really focuses on. It aligns the body, aligns the spine primarily, and the spine. When you align the spine, it reduces stress on the nervous system, and that reduced stress on the nervous system allows the body to kind of put itself in a position of where it can be in homeostasis. And you'll hear what that is in the conversation today. Now, part of chiropractic care is really trying to put the body in the best state possible, and that includes with nutrition. What Dr. Farrow realized in the care of his many patients is that a lot of his patients were eating diets that were not allowing the bodies to heal themselves. And I'm guilty of this. Even though I've been in fitness for years, for years and years and years, I'm one of these people that... I would eat what I want because I work out regularly. I don't really need to watch it that closely. But as I've turned 50 and as I've been kind of looking at everything I've been doing nutrition-wise, I really needed to retool the way I eat. If you've been listening to the All About Fitness podcast for a while, I shared last year in, in the summer of 2021 that at my physical, I hit my heaviest weight ever at 220, a little bit more than, that was 221 pounds at my physical in June of 2021. So obviously, I need to make a few changes. And then when I took my current job, my full-time job is I'm the director of education for a company called EOS Fitness. We have health club locations throughout the country in Florida, Utah, Nevada, Arizona, and California. And pretty soon, we'll be opening up to other markets. One of the things that really impressed me when I came into this role with this company is that all personal training clients of EOS Fitness are given a 30-day membership to the Better Health program. And I'm going to say that again. At EOS Fitness, any of our members who purchases a personal training program also receives 30 days with a Better Health coach to go through the Better Health protocol. That blew me away because that's making a very critical service available to people who are, doing, who are starting an exercise program and starting their exercise journey. When I came on board with the company last year, one of the first things I did was went through this protocol. I went through the Better Health Protocol, and I'll talk about that, my experience with Dr. Farrow, but it really helped me to get my diet and my nutrition in check. I've shared this on the podcast. My goal for turning 50 this year was to be at the same weight I was when I was 25 
And I hit that goal, which is 195 pounds, in part because of going through the Better Health program. Because of my experience with Better Health and because of the experience of many of the members of EOS Fitness, I wanted to invite Dr. Farrow onto the podcast to talk about the role of Better Health, which is to reduce inflammation in the gut. If we are eating a diet that does not agree with our gut biome, with the bacteria in our gut, we will experience constant and chronic inflammation, and that can have a whole bunch of health, negative health outcomes, and it can also reduce the effects of your exercise program. So the whole purpose of the Better Health Protocol is to first reduce gut inflammation, put your gut in a state of balance. That way, exercise can have a much better effect. And as someone who experienced this firsthand, it worked. I wanted to invite Dr. Farrell on so we could talk about the benefits of the program. And you don't need to be a member of our health clubs in order to receive the benefits. In fact, Dr. Farrow has a better health program with a number of major health insurance companies because they use this program to help their patients who are pre-diabetic or at risk of developing type 2 diabetes. Anyway, obviously you can hear I'm a fan of the program. I'm a fan of the work because we need to look at what we're putting in our body because what we put in our body, if it inflames our gut, if it disrupts our gut, then it's going to throw the entire system out of whack. Here we are with chiropractor Dr. Bill Farrow, the creator of the Better Health Food Protocol. Quick note, in the interview with Dr. Farrow, I referenced a previous interview with Dr. Joan Iflin. Dr. Iflin talked about the effects of processed food addiction. The link to that interview will be down below in the show notes. Today on All About Fitness, we're talking with Dr. Bill Farrell. How are you doing today, doctor? And thank you for joining us on the podcast. It's great to be here, man. Thanks for having me. Well, it's, it's great to connect and talk about this. And, and for listeners, and I've talked about this in introduction, we're actually, how would you describe our relationship? I guess you're a vendor for the company I work with? Yeah, I guess partnership, you know, the idea between bringing where fork meets fitness, that's what the EOS Fitness and uh, Better Health Connection is all about. And, and so what I want to do today is obviously talk about kind of talk about you, talk about your background, and then we'll talk about what we're doing together in terms of the company I work for and what you do. Because I have to tell you, Doc, when I came on board and started working with this company, it blew me away that we we're making your service and your program available to our members. I mean, honestly, and, and we'll get into that because I was like, wait a minute, what, what? We're, we're making, we're giving our members this product for free, basically for, for our members. So we'll, we'll get to that. But really, the, the question I like to ask, like to ask us when we get started the conversation is you're a doctor of chiropractic, correct? I am the quack of all quacks. <laughs> well, what got you started? If you could explain a little bit about chiropractic, and I've had a few other chiropractors on here, and I don't think I pronounced that right, but I've had a few other uh, DCs on here. If you could explain a little bit about the practice and then what got you, what, what got you interested in, in, in chiropractic care? I'm going to get all hate letters now for my other, my fellow chiropractic association <laughs> people. Oh, quack. Uh, so anyway, uh, got into, I was a, always played basketball. I actually tried to walk on at UMass Amherst, but at some point along that time, I had a debilitating uh, back injury from a car accident. Went to a Cairo, guy fixed me up. It was amazing. And I just saw how happy he was, you know, people coming in, hugging him. They had tried so many different things. And this was, you know, over 20 years ago, 25 years ago. So things were a lot different. So I'm like, you know what? I want to do that. looks like fun. I did it. Um, and then I realized, oh, man, I got to build a business. Um, and, and then I started putting chiropractic offices in gyms. And I grew that to about 30 across the country, which is how I got into the health and fitness space. But it just uh, it was leaving me dry, man. Like you could work on someone's body. You can give them all the modalities. I added acupuncture, massage, physical therapy. You name it. We're in these 40,000 square foot facilities. But the long-term effects and the success just wasn't there. And it's interesting because in chiropractic, and I'm just thinking about this, Doc, do they teach you any business in chiropractic school? I'm, I'm sure they teach you all sorts of care and treatment um, procedures, but is there any class on how to start your own clinic and run a clinic? No, zero. I mean, there's a little bit because you have to do your clinic, but ultimately the same thing with medicine. So we basically have the same amount of schooling as a medical doctor. The difference being is when they're learning about uh, you know, pathophysiology and medications, we're learning about more nutrition and biomechanics. And so when you, when both of those doctors get out of school, one of them can find a job and one of them can't. I'll give you a hint, the chiropractor can't. <laughs> he, 
we eat our young. Uh, you have to go get some, you know, you're, you're making less than you'd make maybe at, at, you can make more money serving tables than you can as a chiropractor with your first job. So you do have to build your own business, unfortunately. Well, a lot of things you have to build your own business. And just, this is just, I guess it would be just another field. But can you explain a little bit about chiropractic care, what it does? And what I'm going to say, Doc, is I've been seeing a chiropractor myself for about three years now, and he practices the, the GROHL, G-R-O-H-L method, I believe, or GOHL. I, I can't remember if it's G-O-H-L or G-R-O-H-L. But I, so I'm a fan of chiropractic care as somebody who played in the, in the front row of a rugby scrum for a number of years. If I brought up, if you could see the, if you could see the x-ray of my spine, you'd be like, dude, how are you still walking? How can you still exercise? Cause that sucker, I had a L4, L5 lenmectomy. I've been tweaked and, you know, between BMX racing in the eighties and playing rugby for years, my spine is tweaked. So I, I need chiropractic care, but can you explain a little bit about what it is and how it works? Yeah. So ultimately, you know, your, your brain and your spinal cord are the central computer and the delivery system of all those nerve messages. And uh, they are protected mostly through this, the spinal cord. And so as essentially a misalignment in the bone structure of the spinal cord can uh, cause issues with the delivery of the neurological messages. And so chiropractic is built upon the premise that if you remove that interference, um, then the body functions better. The way it goes out to the extremities is obviously through injury and stretch. Your chiropractic has evolved from just adjusting parts of the spine to working more in a physiotherapy type process where we're also working on, on soft tissue and fascia and just overall line in the body, much like you'd align a car. Uh, you can't just align a car once that you would if you put it in your garage, but you don't. You drive it around. As soon as you come out of your driveway, you hit, hit something. It could mess up your alignment. So chiropractic is about maintaining alignment in the body, maintaining homeostasis so the body can heal itself. Now, the, the one thing to, to, to connect a few dots here, Doc, is I recently ran a couple interviews about fascia. I ran interviews with Greg Cook and Gary Gray. So there's a lot of, so I talk a lot about the, about fascia and about the need for movement on this podcast. So it's great to talk to, to a bone doc, like you, well, I guess an osteopath is more of a bone doc, but I always think of Cairo as kind of like, I, I used to call my Cairo in DC a witch doctor. Cause I don't know what he did, but I always felt better walking okay. out of there. But why is it so important? I'm going to ask two questions here. Number one, why is spinal alignment so important? And why does it, why do we have to do that on a regular, relatively regular basis? Yeah, so uh, that depends on who you ask, whether you have to do it on a regular basis or not. Um, it, because if you're uh, stretching, stretching, if you're exercising and yoga, meditation, there's all, so many other ways to keep your body aligned. It doesn't just necessarily mean that everybody, you know, needs to be adjustment. And I can feel the. I think I'm going to get the hate mail right now from. Uh, I'm the one who said. Hey, point point of order. I'm it. the one who said it. I'm the one who said it. So um, I personally get adjusted of every. I'd say once every month, every two months, it just makes me feel better. And I like it, whether you have to do that or not for longevity. I don't know if that is truly, you can make that, that connection. Uh, but in general, we live in a very stressed out world. We're sitting in seats. So the same way that you would say exercise, we consistently on exercise. I'd say that, um, you know, keeping the body in alignment is more important, whether that's through chiropractic or other means alignment in the body is very important. Well, and the way I look at it is I see my, about, I see my chiro about for every four to six weeks. And that's because, like I said, the, the abuse I've put my body through over the years, and I do a lot of mobility movement. I do a lot of multiplanar. And what I write about in a lot of the materials I create, Doc, is a kind of a three a three phase approach to exercise with mobility, strength training, and metabolic conditioning. Now, and I look at mobility as kind of like keeping the structure aligned. Why is alignment so important? Like, what happens to our body if we get out of alignment? Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting when people used to come into the gym. So I think the unique advantage I had is I wasn't just practicing chiropractic in, in an office somewhere. I was in four, I was had 2000 square feet attached to 40,000 square feet. So I could walk on the gym floor and I became a student of gait analysis. I mean, I just would watch one person walk in and this arm swinging around and this hip isn't moving. And so just as you can imagine, if there's a specific spot that's tight or misaligned or has an injury, it is going to affect the, the closed kinetic chain all the way down to your ankle. And so this wear and tear of the just the joints themselves and the fascia and all the tissue that's around it is going to lead to pain, instability, uh, immobility, and of course, chronic inflammation. And then the chronic inflammation has a whole host of metabolic activities that, uh, you know, start creating interference within the body. Well, I love the fact that you reference gait cycle. And, and for listeners, for listeners that have heard me for quite a while, the, what I try to do, doctor, is I try to teach anatomy in context of gait. 
right? Because teaching anatomy from looking at a cadaver on a table is really relatively irrelevant. You know, to go if if a, if a body is deceased and it's on a table, I don't really need to know what the what the biceps femoris does because it's relatively it, it, you're 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 creating a hypothesis about what it does based on attachment points. But if you really want to understand what a muscle does and what the body's designed to do, we have to understand what it does in gait. Like for example, the reason why I brought the hamstrings is most of the time we teach the hamstrings flex the knee, but during gait, they help extend the knee. They help stabilize and extend the knee. And the one thing, and I'll be interested, Doc, how do you use walking in your care and treatment? Do you, well, I guess I, I should ask the question, do you make walking a component of, of your chiropractic care? Okay, so in full disclosure, I haven't touched a spine in over a decade. Um, so I transitioned all of my work into better health and, and going from the inside out. However, when I did have the offices, uh, so it's been a while and there's probably been better stuff out there. Um, the first thing I did was videotape someone walking away and walking back because I realized that I would I would do what we normally do and go right to the point of pain instead of really looking at the whole structure. And that was, you know, that was when I, when I was young, especially someone came with neck, neck pain. Okay, I'm right at their neck. Someone came with low back pain, I'm right at their neck. Wherever it was, I went to the site of pain. Uh, and then as I, you know, got smarter and I started watching more, I would just look at the whole body and gait was probably the easiest way to determine what was happening. Um, and a little tip for uh, married men and women out there, if you ever catch yourself uh, checking out, a, a ladies checking out another man when he's walking, just say, no, I wasn't looking at his rear. I was looking at his gait. And same thing for you, uh, you men, you can get away with it. Uh, well, I'm smiling because doctor for years, I've for years, I used that with my ex-wife because I would teach gait analysis, I would teach gait analysis workshops. And my ex got, and my ex would know, I mean, this would be legitimate. She'd be like, she would notice, she'd like, oh, you're checking out that gauge because she would notice the same thing. She would know, yeah. I mean, so it becomes on one hand, yes, you yeah. can use it as cover. But on the other hand, the two of you together will start noticing when somebody totally. has to have a funky gait pattern. Definitely something you don't want to train somebody to do because you can't untrain yourself. And now you'll be do, you'll be doing it to everybody. Uh, so. you, you do it and you see it. But but the thing the thing that I like, Doc, and I'll be interested in, in, in your response to this. But now that now that I'm 50, one of my favorite workouts is, is going for a long walk. And I try to walk at least 20 minutes every day. And 20 minutes is about a mile around the, 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 the I, I live in like a large like apartment complex. And there's a full like I have like different loops in my area where I walk. And I can do the mile loop in about a little bit less than 20 minutes. And I have to tell you, if I don't do that during a day, that's when my back, I, if I go for a day or two without walking, my back feels so much worse. Why do you think in your experience, even if you're not treating patients now, why do we need to, what, what is it about walking and why do we need to do it? I want you to, I know the listeners that listen to the podcast can't see this, but I'm, I'm, I'm doing my fist and I'm kind of pumping my fist. So it's, you're rocking your sacrum. And so you're rocking all that cere cerebral spinal fluid that's been just dragged here when we're sitting at, a, at the t table the whole time and then allowing it to rock and pump back up to the brain. So walking is the absolute best way. That's why people with 10,000 steps and, and who go for that will see lower anxiety, lower stress, more lubrication in the, in the joints and actually uh, have a more likely to actually crave healthier stuff because the body is in a much, much more calm state. Uh, we know when we're in fight or flight mode, you're constantly running those adrenal glands, sodium, uh, norepinephrine, adrenaline, cortisol. Well, they're like any of the gland. If they get exhausted, they need sodium and potassium and sugar to replenish. That's where your hard cravings come from. So walking alone can literally do everything from help you get better sleep, lubricate your joints to and, and help you um, curb cravings. I, you know, I didn't even realize about the cravings. I just, I look at it from a biomechanical standpoint is that our body is made to walk. And if I want my body to work well, I should, I, I need to walk. Personally, I need to walk at least 15 to 20 minutes a day. If I, like I said, my back will lock up. If I want to be in back pain, if I want to lock up my SI, go right. two or three days without taking my normal walk. And, and I can't tell you, I'm in like excruciating discomfort. Now I want to switch a little bit because you've referenced one or two times the internal structures of the body. Now, as chiropractic care, you really look at the internal structure of the spine and how it influences the spinal column. Now, how did that get you to what you're doing now? Like, how did you make the transition from chiropractic care to really trying to understand what's going on with our gut and, and our sort of our intestinal and internal health? Yeah. So one word, inflammation. Um, you know, inflammation is the is the root cause or, or is under, underlying everything from pain, but it also shows you where there's injury. And the body has a mechanism to 
reduce inflammation in the body naturally. And there's so many things that are causing inflammation in the body that are unnatural from the chemicals, the lotions, the potions, the water pollution. I mean, 80% of us now have pesticides in our urine. The rainwater is no longer safe to drink. And so while I was chasing a lot of pain and issues with folks um, in, in their body and in their mechanics, I was like, well, wait a minute. There's also this other thing that's at play here, which may be causing, we'll call a false positive alarm in this area. Like maybe that's actually not that thing. And that's where you start to see the rise of fibromyalgia, the most frustrating diagnosis in the world, right? People are like, I can't figure out why I, why I have pain sometimes here, sometimes there. And the doc says you have fibromyalgia, which to me is the biggest joke because you told them you had pain in your muscles and joints and they came back and just repeated it to you in Latin because fibro and myalgia just needs pain in fibrous tissue and joints. And it's because it's systemic. And the more we sit in this poisonous world that we're in, the more there's systemic inflammation. And if I do not fix that, First, that's the foundation. You, you. It's not that I mean I can't have someone come in and work on their elbow, make them feel better short term. But if I want sustain to sustainably have somebody be healthier, I have to start from the inside out. And that's what kind of lifted me up and said, "I this has to be my life's work. I I can't just work on somebody in a room or inside this gym with state of the, state of the art facilities, trainers." Therapist. I mean, we had everybody and realized that I wasn't going to get to the long haul sustainably without fixing the other part first. And I'm, I'm pausing for a second because that's a key point. And I, I want people to think about that because your training is you're trying to create health by realigning the structures of the body. But then you realize probably the joints, because if joints experience inflammation and, and, and that's a natural thing, if you get systemic inflammation, you're going to have joint inflammation. How does joint inflammation change the ability to move? Well, every, well, when you don't have when you have inflammation, then you can probably restrict restrict blood flow from around that area. Plus, your body's going to no, normally tighten up. It's going to want to tighten up and hold that. It, it's brace. It's like have you ever you've been in this situation? You talk to me about back pain, where suddenly you go to do this the simplest thing, like bring your toothbrush up, and all of a sudden you go, your back hurts, and people say, "Oh wow, it was I was just brushing my teeth. That was the only thing." No, that's the proverbial straw that broke the camel's back, but. It got to such a point that your body just started locking down. It has these mechanisms to lock down so you don't hurt it. And that's what happens when you have a lot of inflammation around an area. In well, addition, go, so go, go ahead. In addition, what the, the hard part about this is, so the more inflammation you have, the more insulin resistant you have, the more insulin resistant you have, the more weight you gain no matter what you do. So then they tell you, okay, you've gained this weight, start exercising more. So you start exercising more, creating you know inflammation, which is normal with exercise, but normally your body has the mechanism to tamper it down, heal and grow. And that's the, the idea behind exercise and, and fitness. But you get stuck into this vicious cycle of gaining more fat, having more inflammation, more insulin resistance, more fat is created than working out, which actually makes it worse and why people get so frustrated and taking the fact that now someone might have an injury on top of that. And now the inflammation is double or triple. Well, let's take, let's, let's first talk just a minute about inflammation because not all inflammation is bad. Correct. And, and the reason why we have inflammation in the body is inflammation. What is the purpose? I'll ask you the question. What is the role? What is the initial acute role of inflammation? For example, if you and I get finished with a workout, if you get done with a high intensity workout, you will have some inflammation in the body. What is the acute role of inflammation? Yes, yeah, the road workers. So inflammation is saying, hey, this area needs more attention in the body for healing. So inflammation is all about healing. Where, where the, the problem is, is if these inflammatory workers never get a break, they need a break too. And so that is where inflammation uh, runs out of control and really creates havoc within the body. But inflammation is a part of healing in the body. Just chronically having to stay in that state is very, very difficult for the body to maintain. And eventually something's going to break down. Well, let's talk about You mentioned the word earlier, and I want you to, to I want listeners to really understand what it is and why it's so important. But how would you describe it? What is homeostasis and how would you describe it? Yeah, so I'll maybe say it this way. This is this is where most people right now, less than 8% of Americans are, are considered metabolically healthy. And that's because I think that all these all of us at that oftentimes, even through day out through the day and through the years, many of us are stuck in metabolic gridlock. And what I mean by that is you take food, which is energy, you put it into the body, and I want you to picture a four-lane open highway. So you got this four-lane open highway, that energy comes in. And it's supposed to get off at certain exits. This one's for your joints. The next exit's for your neurotransmitters. The next exit's for your hormones, your brain health. And it's able to, energy is able to go wherever it wants to go. 
Well, unfortunately, um, there becomes interference in that roadblock, starting with inflammation. So inflammation starts to build up on that highway because inflammation starts to see, oh, wait a minute, there's a chemical that I don't recognize. There's this injury that's here. This has happened to us. There's pesticides, I said. You know, there's mental stress, all creating inflammation in this highway. Before you know it, you're looking like you're looking like the 405 in uh, in California at 5.50 p.m. And there's this traffic jam. And normally your body has 300 trillion workers, which is your natural bacteria that can come in and clean up this inflammation, but eventually it gets so stacked up. And so what do we do? Can you do anything when you're stuck in this traffic jam? Will pressing the gas harder be, be of assistance to you? No, it's only going to make it worse. And that's unfortunately a lot of times when we take this approach to getting back to homeostasis, we think, well, that's it. I'm going to flip tires in parking lots, drink chalky shakes. I'm going to do two a days. I'm going to show myself that, I, that I'm going to bully myself through this. When homeostasis says, no, 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 we need to remove the interference, feed those, those workers what they need for, so they can get back and open up that highway so things can work in balance. Uh, the definition of disease in Latin is this is without and ease is ease. So homeostasis is ease. If you're struggling with chronic disease, you put that dis in front of it. Now you have disease. And and that's I love that explanation, Doc, because as I mentioned before we hit record, I, I'm in the chapter edits right now of a book on the science of recovery. And the whole book, the the the, the theme of the whole book is recovery is restoring us to homeostasis. Is when we do exercise, what we're doing is we're putting a stress on the system. So we are stressing the body's at body at rest. And then the the process after exercise, what we call recovery period, is the process of returning to homeostasis. And that's where the balance is so important. And what I really try to get people to think about, and for listeners out there, this is why that recovery day or that rest day after a high-intensity extra day is extremely critical. Because what does high-intensity exercise do to inflammation, Doc? Yeah, it drives it through the roof. Yeah, a high-intensity exercise will will create a, a tremendous amount of inflammation in your system that is normal, and that inflammation is helping restore the homeostasis. So if you do a high-intensity workout on a Monday – you don't want to do a high intensity workout on a Tuesday because what's happening during during Tuesday? What's happening with the system? Yeah. So when you have that, well, to, something I think is even worse is that when you, as I mentioned, and I always keep bringing insulin and some pe people think that I have like a war against insulin. I don't. I have a war against insulin toxicity because what it happens is that inflammation happens insulin tech, uh, toxicity happens and it actually attacks and lowers your your stem cells ability. Stem cells are everything to do with replenishment repair after those exercise and workouts. So over time, we're doing so much damage to the stem cells that we can't even repair. We might even bring down the inflammation, but we can't repair the way we wanted to repair based upon the exercise that we have. So if you don't, if you have too much of that inflammation, it's not controlled. You're going to get the insulin resistance. You're going to you're going to basically take away your stem cells' ability to to regenerate and repair that tissue. And that is where you see diabetic neuropathies and things like that, where the distal part of the body, like the toe or the leg, suddenly someone's toe doesn't work. They got to lop it off. Next thing it's their ankle. Next thing it's their leg. That's not just type 2 diabetes a, a problem. That's a ton of inflammation and insulin resistance, which is leading to stem cell degradation. And essentially, this person can't even re rebuild that cell anymore. And, and although that's an extreme it's happening with our exercise too. And many of us in this, in the small mini bouts without resting, you're actually hurting your stem cells. You did, you don't know this doc, but, but in the, in the opening of, uh, in the opening of my book, ages intensity, I write about my two grandfathers and my, my, my paternal grandfather would walk every day and he would do push-ups and sit-ups every day in his sixties and seventies when he would come visit us. And so I saw him be active every day. My maternal grandfather had had a back in, bad back injury. He both both my grandfathers worked in factories during World War II. They were a little bit older. They already had my parents. My parents were already born, so they didn't go overseas. But both my grandfathers were in factories in World War II. And my maternal grandfather fell off a uh, rigging in a plane factory and broke his back in the 1940s. So you can imagine the the injuries that he had in, in his life. And in his 70s, my maternal grandfather had both legs amputated due to diabetes because of his restricted mobility. But seeing the difference in my two grandfathers and combined with a few other things is one of the things that really motivated me to go down the road of trying to understand exercise and the role in aging because I saw how my two grandfathers aged completely differently in their right. 70s. 
that when I'm going to come back to, so you had no way of knowing that. So when you we just mentioned diabetes and losing limbs due to diabetes, I saw that happen in, in my, my, my grandfather. My grandfather grew up, you know, as a cowboy in New Mexico in the thirties. So for him to lose his mobility was extremely you know hard for him. I mean, you, you could only imagine that, you know, and, um, but look at it. One of the things I want to come back to, cause you talked about stem cells and what a lot of people don't recognize with exercise is that what we do triggers something the body called mechanotransduction. So mechanical mechanotransduction means chemical force, mechanical, sorry, mechanical force creates chemical change. So when we lift a weight, so if I was just at the gym right now lifting a weight, that mechanical force is going to stimulate satellite cell production. Those satellite cells then become the, re, the fibroblasts or the osteoblasts that then repair the tissue and the structure caused during injury. So your point, I want now saying that, now having said that, I want you to make your point about insulin and satellite cells again, because, and then I'll t- tell you why that's so, and then we'll, we'll talk about why that's so important. Yeah. So what you just said, I never heard that expression, but I really like it. Um, and so can you say that one more time? Mechanotransduction. Mechanotransduction is a term for mechanical force creating chemical change. That's what stimulates the satellite cells from the sarcolemma of the, of the muscle, of the, of the muscle cells. Great. Yeah, that makes the perfect sense. And I just like the, the terminology there. Uh, so from what I've seen from people coming, I've, I think I've had 60,000 people um, go through what I call food protocol, but it's food is medicine, is that uh, everybody is unique and everybody's different. That's why we just start with elimination reintroduction. And that's why we, but mainly what we're doing is we're really focusing on that they're not only fo- eating for one anymore, they're eating for 300 trillion. So we use that ni- natural microbiome. And by keeping the microbiome healthy, that is probably your best, that's your best ability to uh, ward off chronic inflammation and a whole whole other things, right? Because you have the brain gut connection and all those other things. But ultimately, by allowing the body to control inflammation and use it for good and and, and the way it was designed, that is how the person gets the best optimal results from both your brain and, of course, your fitness. And that's just... You, you have to make sure you focus on that. If you just focus on working yourself to death in the gym or, you know, or whatever it is, or just taking a bunch of stuff, that's not, that's not going to help. You can have a whole cabinet full of, of supplements. Like I, I see a lot of people do, but if you're not controlling inflammation in the body, that stuff is, is a waste. Well, I, I start. so I was doing the research and starting to write my, my recovery book right as I came into this job and started learning about the Better Health Program. So there's a natural alignment there. And what, I, what, I've, you know, what I've realized about recovery and what's in the book is the process is that 24 to 48 hour recovery process of returning the body to homeostasis. Now, one of the reasons why I want to talk to you, and we again, we haven't we haven't talked about this. But when I came on board with EOS, I went through the Better Health Program. I did the I did the protocol. And, and, and followed it. And, and, and Doc, I was one, I've been one of these people that throughout my entire life of weightlifting, I was one of those people like, yeah, I know nutrition is important, but I work out every day. I can eat what I want. And I know there are a lot of people out there like that. You know, it's like, hey, I work out. I didn't care whether I carried a couple extra pounds. I really didn't. And listeners know that because, Karen, I, I played rugby. I do other things. I don't care what I look like. I just want to be able to perform on the pitch. But as I've turned 50 this year and as I've gone through your, what I'm really trying to do is I'm trying to eliminate unnecessary processed carbohydrate because I know and you have looked at, at how things add up for inflammation because what does, how does, how do processed foods, how do processed foods kick off and enhance infl- the inflammatory process in our gut? Yeah. So I don't know if I could speak uh, chemically to it. I don't think that that would be above my pay grade, but I just know that um, I watched uh, Jack LaLanne speak uh, at Ursa many, many years ago, and he spoke and it was amazing. But he, he said, if you don't remember anything from what I've said for this whole time, because it was a lot, he said, if man made it, don't eat it. Um, and so it's just dead. The energy's dead. So when you have the energy's dead, it's going to create that metabolic gridlock from inflammation. Your b- body has to w- work to do something with it. And so if you had a, if I had to break it down to the chemistry, I don't know if I could particularly do that other than the basic mechanics of when something comes into your body that it does not like, it's going to cause inflammation. And when you cause inflammation, your gut opens up the junctions because now it's starting to fight and alleviate that, that stressor because it's foreign. 
And then it lets see it lets things seep in, chemicals that shouldn't be there, chemicals shouldn't be in the bloodstream, like pesticides that I can't even believe that people are not. We're talking about so many other things in the news right now. But the fact that they just found that 80% of us have pesticides in our urine, I want to remind people, what is the word side? Homicide is death. Pesticide is death. Fungicide is death. 80% of us have pesticide, okay, pest death in our bodies. That should that should like send the alarm bells off more than anything in the world. The fact that there's forever chemicals in our drinking water. So when that comes into your system and it's and it's processed, chances are it's going to have chemicals in it. If it has chemicals, it is going to not be the best environment for your microbiome. That microbiome controls everything from 99% of your gene expression all the way to your immune system. So processed food does not allow those those road workers I talked about to um, remove metabolic uh, gridlock. And if that's the case, you, you're, you're headed down more chronic conditions, Alzheimer's, cancer. This isn't just about how I perform in the gym. This is like longevity type stuff. Well, what I'm going to do, Doc, because in, in, and I, I respect the fact that you're not a biochemist. I mean, right? I mean, that's a whole different field of study than, than putting bones back in place. But I did interview a doctor. I did interview a, Dr. Joan Iflin last year who wrote a book on processed food addiction. And I have to say that's probably out of the 400 or so interviews I've done on the podcast, her interview is probably one of the most important because she walks through she walks through how RJR Nabisco when 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 RJR Reynolds the tobacco company bought Nabisco, they took all the research that they had from how to make cigarettes addictive and then that's how they made snack food addictive. So I'm going to so for listeners if you really want to blow your mind about the dangers of processed food, I'm going to have a link to the show notes to that interview with Dr. Iflin, who goes through and, and, and obviously in between. So, Doc, after speaking with, with, with that with Dr. Iflin and, and now working for you, when I went through the Better Health Protocol and did the elimination, I knew I was eating too much sugar. I knew I was eating too many processed carbohydrates. And, and going through the going through the protocol with Better Health helped me really kind of reset that. When I started, when I started it, and when I started this job last year, December, December 2021, I was running at about 215 and 218. And and so since my birthday in August of this year, we recorded this in November, I've been staying at about 195. My goal for my birthday was when I was 25 years old, playing rugby, very competitive rugby. That's when I considered myself to be in my best shape. So when I turned 50, I was trying to get back to the same fitness level that I was at 25. That was my goal for turning 50. And now I'm trying to stay at 195. But I can't tell you how helpful your protocol was in going through that elimination protocol and helping identify certain things that I didn't need to be eating anymore. Now, I'm not perfect, but it really did help clear me up. So what is, how did you, how did you develop better health? Like what need did better health feel, fill and, and how do you use it with clients and with patients or how do yeah. you refer to them? Clients, I guess. Uh, yeah, well, I just call them members because they're like a member of my family now. So they're, you know, and this is a movement. So you need members in a movement. I'm not trying to, I'm trying to have everybody serve themselves, become their own super users so they can help serve other people. Um, you, you said that, uh, Dr. Ifler, Ifler, Joan Ifler. 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 I definitely Ifler. want to get that podcast because I think the more knowledge that my members have about the mechanics, you know, there's always some that are like, just tell me what to do. And there's some like, tell me why it works. I think that would really be helpful. It will help be helpful for me too, because I've been in this so long. It's like I discovered this process and this protocol. And uh, I just realized that if there's an expression that says, if you want to make God laugh, you tell him your plans. If you want to make God laugh, uh, like belly laugh, tell him you really understand how the body works. Like go on and on about everything you think you know about the body because you just don't. It's too, it's too incredible. It's too vast. So I've dedicated myself to, I'm just going to help people get out of its way. You know, the more we understand about it, the definitely is helpful. But this is how I got started. I was working in those offices at 30 clinics across the country, 200 something doctors, all sorts of different modalities. And yet I still could see somebody six months from now who and we were in gyms. Right. So, you know how it happens. Gym, January, February, everyone comes in gung ho. I gave them the trainer, the nutrition. They were excited. We're excited. They lost 20, 30 pounds. All awesome. Things are going in the right direction. I see him six months from now in the grocery store. Same person, probably even gained weight now. So all the weight they lost, they gained it. They're miserable. They spent thousands on training my services, which were covered by health plan, but they bought a personal trainer, their gym, and they don't want to see me and I don't want to see them. That's not who I am. I'm a hugger. I love people. I always want to be around people. I don't like sitting in my house. 
So that that was the the time that I was like, I'm not selling anything that I feel good about. I don't feel like I've come to something. And sure, it was easy to blame the person. Well, their their lack of motivation, their willpower, because that's what we did. And all of these places we go, all the health conferences, it's always like, but how do you get people to do it? Because they're so lazy and unmotivated. You know what? I just trained Mrs. Jones and I saw her in the parking lot over at Chick-fil-A right after eating. Right. And there, and we somehow think that it has to do with willpower and motivation. So it was in, once I realized that a body not in homeostasis, to your point earlier, a body under stress with body under fight or flight mode, a body with tons of chemicals will crave poor food. And then adding to what you said is we now have industries that prey upon that and make the food in such a way that actually feeds into that system, putting you into this vicious cycle. And so I said, I'm going to get people back to basis. I understood inflammation loosely. Like I said, I was not a biochemist, so I understood it uh, loosely. And I said, I'm going to put people on, on a, I'm going to look at foods that I consider in flow inflammatory, put them on it, and then increased and then added in fermented foods. And so when I did that, there were foods I started taking away, like salmon and broccoli, because I, I was told those were great for people. But I ended up taking those foods away because I found that clinically that that wasn't working. Yeah. So actually, when I was giving people things, I'm like, oh, well, salmon, broccoli, quinoa, all these things that they said are great for them. I started doing elimination reintroduction with people and realizing that that wasn't the case. So if you look at my food list, and probably was a shock to you the first time, you don't see broccoli, cauliflower, or salmon. You say, wait a minute, that's supposed to be good. And then you'll also see things like tomatoes and green peppers. And you'll say, well, tomatoes are nightshades. You know, I read Dr. Gundry's Plant Paradox and I should never have a tomato. And I'm trying to tell everybody that not everything can be proven out in a lab. You have to just do it yourself. And so in 30 days, you're going to figure out what foods work best for you. I'm not the expert. Your body will be. I'm not going to make you go vegan or vegetarian if your body doesn't command that. Maybe your body will command it. Maybe your body will tell you you shouldn't have beef anymore or chicken anymore or just slow it. That's what you're going to figure out in 30 days. And once I did this, people were reversing type 2 diabetes. They were sleeping better. Their anxiety went away. Their skin never looked better. Their aches and pains that, I, that we had been battling with physical therapy and chiropractic for so long just went away. And that's when I was like, this is, this is what I need to do for, a life, for my lifestyle. No, because if you reduce inflammation, you reduce that joint. I mean, you can reduce joint arthritis. You can reduce all that stuff. And I love the fact you brought up broccoli, Doc, because for years, I can't tell you how much broccoli I jammed in my system um, without realizing that it lights me up. But when I did some when I did some testing, uh, broccoli was one of the foods that that I'm that I'm allergic to that, that my gut does not react well. And so I don't think I, if I have if I've had broccoli the last couple of years, it's been very minimal. But I read a stat recently, and I'm interested in your reaction to this. But I read a stat recently, and, and I forget the book, but you and I, any human, we share about 99 to 99.5% of our DNA is the same. But our gut biome, our gut biome is only 10% the same, meaning that in, from person to person, our gut biome is so diverse. There is so much, so many microbes in there that to tell a room full of 10 people to eat the same diet, in my, from after reading that, I would, I would think that to tell a room full of people to eat the same diet would be malpractice. Because in a room full of 10 or 20 people, only 10% of them are going to line up and, and have the same response. Have you ever heard this, that stat? And, what, and what's your reaction to that? My reaction is 100% because they'll test someone's microbiome living in LA and just five miles outside of LA have a different microbiome. In yep. addition, that's why I tell people, stop wasting your money on all of these poop tests, saliva tests that they're going to somehow, buy, via your DNA, tell you exactly what to eat. They call it precision nutrition. You can't possibly do it. There's too many variables to do that. And depending upon where you live, the soil is different. The air is different. Your microbes are going to be different. The French have a saying about their food, and I don't know what the saying is, but it's some French word that basically talks about the, the earth where it is. Basically, all like why does this wine, even though it could be the same, taste differently here? Because it's it encompasses everything in the land, including the air, the soil, the, the temperature. There's so much that goes into it. So why guess with your body? Just take 30 days, do elimination for three weeks, do reintroduction for a, a, you know, a week, and then add in fermented foods. So I know you actually have the, grit, the level playing field. And man, we just, not only do we see results with people, but we see it sustainable. Like you just mentioned, your sustainability. Doesn't mean they're never going to have processed food or bad food or pizza. No, that's not what this is about. But this is about 90% of the time, 80% of the time, you're feeding one and 300 trillion and a couple of times a week, you just feed one, which is, yeah, hey, I just want a slice of pizza. <laughs>
Well, and that, you know, I did have, I actually, it's funny you reference that because I did have a slice of pizza the other night, but I bought it. I was by a place that had slices and I didn't buy the whole pizza, you know, and it's because we know what happens if you buy the whole pizza, the more you buy, the more you eat. And if you buy individual units, you know, you might pay more per slice, but I only get that one slice, you know, but I like the way you you talk about that. And if it's a slice, it's probably coming from a place that allows their dough to rise at least for 24 hours outside, not in the in the freezer, not like these fast food, uh, well, fast food pizza joints, as you call them. So it also matters the type of quality. If you're going to do it, get a great quality mozzarella, great quality, quality sauce. You know, this was an Italian deli. I mean, this was an Italian deli, so it was authentic. And, you know, that's where I'll go to get, get my pizza and get my stuff for that reason. Because I love the point, you, you, you know, I live here in San Diego and I, there's so many farmer's markets around here. And going and getting stuff from a farmer's market, while a little bit more inconvenient than going across the street to the big superstore, you, the, the, the taste is so different because it's grown in the natural food. It's grown with more sunlight. And it really just, it just feels different. And I don't know about you, but I feel different when I'm eating those whole foods and, and you're, you're taking that in. So when you look at it, and one of the things that was really helpful for me going through the program, Doc, was having that better health coach to somebody to check in with every day. So what is what is your protocol? How do you help people go through and, and kind of reset their gut? And I want to be perfectly clear here is that you're, you, you just said, and, and this is what my experience was, you didn't tell me what to eat. You just said, hey, let's let's eliminate certain things. And then reintroduce and see how see how it works for you. So, what is your protocol, and, and and why does it work with the people that go through it? Yeah. So the first is the paradigm. So paradigm meaning, I want you to think when you go into this. This isn't a punishment. This is about nourishment. And everyone says, okay, I see the outcomes. I see my friend just lost this weight. This one feels good. Everyone's raving about it. Almost to the point where they feel like they joined a multi level marketing company. And I'm like, it's not that. It's not. No. I said, so this is this is what you have to do mentally. Just say for three days. No alcohol, no artificial sweeteners. Can I do that for three days? Great. Then I say, great. But get you on the phone with the coach. New coach says, here's all the food. Here's all the recipes. Beef, chicken, steak, lobster, shrimp, fruits, vegetables. There's a wide variety. Any seasoning you want that's, you know, a natural seasoning. So you can flavor it. You can make it cultural. You can have spicy. And we're going to do that for three days. And and then we're going to give you the data on yourself. You're going to weigh, take pictures of your food, sleep, mood, put all that data in your hands for us. Everyone's got enough data on you to sell you bad stuff. Let's put some data in your hands so you can figure it out. And having the coach every day, the community, the recipes, we even have nationwide meal delivery now. That was another thing I had. I didn't want to because I was like, I want people to cook. But I realized I don't cook every day. My family, it's impossible with our uh, lifestyle. So we created that nationwide food delivery, which the food is out of the park, delicious. It's family style. So you can feed your kids healthy versus a Jenny Craig type program where someone's eating crap food in the corner and everyone else is eating chicken McNuggets, right? Like, I've made this a family approach and and just getting started three days, 95% of the people get that three days under the belt, will finish the 30 days. And when they're done, they've learned something. They've empowered themselves and now they can empower their kids. Dude, these these people are 20 years old. They're they're anxious and depressed. All of them. Not it's hard to find some that's not. Their microbiome mm-hmm. is not there. 90% of your your serotonin is made in your gut. These kids don't have it, so they can't even express happiness. Mm-hmm. So all the meditation apps and all the things you're doing, not that they're bad. It's just don't do that first. Do this first. Do food as medicine first. And that's why the relationship with EOS is should be mind-blowing. And I'm glad that it is because they're the first group that said, no, no, no. This isn't a nice to have for our members. This is a must have. This food is medicine, this lower inflammation. This is their results, both short and long term. And the, uh, th- this partnership means a lot to us because it's going to help us. You know, EOS has what, almost a million members. It's going to really help us impact a million lives and get that movement out there so more people will uh, be healthy. And I want to be perfectly clear, and I, and I like the fact you bring up the the, the fact about the fact about multi level marketing because it can become easy to do an interview like this, and it sounds like we're really promoting this. And and I just when I came to this job at first, you know, my boss told me a rowdy. I mean, you work close with them. Was like, okay, we do this program, and that's why I went through it to understand it. And and I want listeners to understand, I am not doing this as an infomercial for my for where I work now. I'm doing having this interview because I was really blown away by the fact that we have this partnership. Because we are a health club company that charges about $32 a month for our membership. Our personal training program is one of the lowest priced personal training programs I've seen in the industry. And so my job as director of education is I'm trying to elevate the quality of that program so we can provide a higher level of service to our members. 
And I was blown away by the fact that every every person who buys a personal training program in our in our company, any member, any any outside client, any outside member that buys a personal training program, what do they get as a part of that program, Doc? They get a personal coach for a full month. They get access to the social community, all the recipes, the meal plans, all of our recipes export to you know Instacart and you, you name what whatever. Uh, um, supermarket, uh, they get access to the nationwide meal delivery, which is less than five dollars a serving. So they get that. EOS pays us for those members. This they're pay, basically saying it's out of pocket for the non-members that want to do it. We give them an affordable rate to try it. But most important than anything I've ever done, we have over twelve hundred five-star reviews on Google and Facebook because I will not take your money if it's not the greatest thing you've ever done. If in the first week you quit, you get your money back. The first I've done that since the beginning. I've done this protocol because I know it works so easy. You know why? It uses the genius of the body. Not me. I'm not a genius. I just failed enough with people. And finally, I was like, I don't want to do this anymore uh, and help people get out of their way. And, and luckily, you know, this is this is where we find ourselves in a, in a way where we're CDC approved diabetes prevention program. We're now covered by 40 different health plans. If you would have told me that would happen 10 years ago, I said, you're crazy. They, they still love pharmaceuticals and drugs. The tide has shifted. These health plans like Blue Shield of California are coming to us and saying, we want to give you as many members as possible because it's it's saving their lives and saving us money. Wait, I want to, I want to reemphasize that for the listener is your CDC approved. So you've been approved by, so your process, your, your protocol has been checked by people that, that may be at a higher pay grade for biochemistry. And I'm not, I'm not just yeah. saying. Let me say this. So it's exact. Cause you know, I don't yeah. want someone to understand. So the CDC and the NIH created a program called the diabetes prevention program. And many, many organizations can apply to become a diabetes prevention program. They give you a preliminary recognition, which basically they say your curriculum fits along with the guidelines to help somebody not have type two diabetes. So we fit that. Then you have to submit data uh, every six months. And if you submit it and show at least 5% weight loss and people engaging, then you can earn full recognition, which, which we have. And so the protocol, my protocol is different than that. That is just showing that if someone goes through it, their likelihood of developing type 2 diabetes goes down by 60%. So I don't want someone to think like, I went and sat with the CDC and went through this. That's not the case. We just happen to be a fully recognized uh, program. But to your point, what's more important is these health plans are willing to put their money where their mouth is and actually pay for their their employee, uh, members to go through the, the program. And that, that to me is more of an accolade than anything because they wouldn't do it if there wasn't a return on investment. And, and I think that's critical. So if, some, if you're listening to this out there and you're thinking this sounds like a protocol you want to go through, check with your health plan because very much your health plan could have this relationship. Because what we're seeing at EOS, when, when our customers come in and our personal training clients follow the protocol, what they're doing is they're, redu they're reducing elimination first, and that allows exercise. You said it earlier, Doc, and, and we're seeing this in our in, in our company, is when you reduce the inflammation, exercise has such a greater, more significant benefit. And, and honestly, I really, I, you know, we haven't talked about my, my experience through it, but I really, I'm a fan of what we're doing. It, it made a huge difference in helping me kind of kick some of the sugar stuff I had. And it's also really kind of helped me kind of retool my diet and my approach so that's really, that's why I wanted to have you on the podcast is to share the benefit of it. How can people find more information about BetterHealth and, and can anybody go through the BetterHealth protocol with you? Yeah, betterhealth.com, B-E-T-R health.com. Go in there. There's a risk-free trial. You fill out a little form. We'll get you on the phone with a coach. See, plan it all out. Give it a try. Give, give it three days. Give it four days. You get through the 30 days. Great. If you don't, we give you your money back. And with the EOS folks, which was the hardest thing to crack initially for all of us is to wrap our head around that. You signed up for the gym. You're worth, we're working with a trainer. You now have a coach at the Better Health team. We have to slowly progress your exercise versus jumping right in, which we used to do in the past, right? I used to own a personal training company. We used to be like, that's it. Let's just start leg pressing today. Now we've learned that together, if we could just do really slow range of motion, keep it calm as the person's going through the 30 days, they can slowly start to ramp back the exercise so they don't, so they can keep that inflammation at bay and, and get the benefit from it. And then after 30 days, this person's down 15, 20 pounds, feeling good, energy's up, microbiome's good. Now the trainer can take them to the next level because without the training next level, like in your, in your recent book about high intensity training and longevity, they, everybody wants to get there. Just today, people are like, how can I do high-intensity exercise? I can't even – you can in 30 days. We can get you built up to that high-intensity exercise and have you doing things you never thought possible. And, and I'm going to restate that, Doc, because I think that's such an important point that 
when you're first going through an elimination protocol, your exercise, and, and I did this, My I, I didn't train for the first two or three weeks. I was going, oh, I, I walked most every day yeah. and I would do some body weight movement. So I was walking, I was doing body weight exercises, but I wasn't picking up weights. I wasn't stressing my system because I knew in order for the protocol to set in, I needed to minimize inflammation in my body. And that moderate to high intensity exercise kicks off inflammation for a 24 to 36 hour cycle while the muscles are being repaired. So it's very important that if you are going through a protocol like Better Health for that first 30 days elimination to really moderate your exercise, do something, but we don't, that's not when we should be pushing ourselves to extreme intensity. So yeah, give us, give us the information again, Doc, how people can find it. And uh, I want to say thank you for your time. Yeah, I appreciate it. And I'll just say last thing with the that's why it's so important to, in the beginning when you're working at the trainers are good. The trainers get to do the range of motion stuff with you early and the stretching and the flexibility so you know how to train properly. Um, and so it's been really great to work with the EOS folks. And if anyone wants to find us, it's betterhealth.com, betrhealth.com, and uh, we'll take care of you. All right, Dr. Bill Farrell. Hey, thank you for your time today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Now, I've I, I want to apologize. I didn't mean this episode to be like an infomercial for the health club company I work for. Obviously, because I work there, I take a lot of pride in what we do. And I really take a lot of pride in the service that we're providing for our members. So this wasn't this was not designed to be an infomercial. I just thought the Better Health Protocol was so cool. And I think it's so to me, I love the fact that we make it available to our members because in order for exercise, I mean, you've been if you've been doing this for a while, you understand that if you you know the six pack abs, you know, the proverbial saying is abs are made in the kitchen, and that's absolutely right. And if you're eating a diet that's going to inflame your gut, you're never going to get those weight loss goals or those aesthetic goals that you want. And you first have to really look at what you're eating, do an elimination diet, and that's what the protocol is. You you go, you're coached through an elimination diet. And there's a whole community there of coaches and people to support you. And then you start reintroducing food back. And, and like I said, I, I found out that broccoli lit me up and I shouldn't be eating broccoli. And I'd be eating tons and tons of broccoli. Anyway, that, that really is. So it was not an infomercial. I just wanted to talk about the benefits of it. Now, for an infomercial, this is an infomercial. If you do want to learn more about exercise, if you want to learn how to design your own exercise programs, you can pick up a copy of my book, Smarter Workouts, The Science of Exercise Made Simple. In fact, if you go to the podcast, wherever you heard this, go to my podcast page. I've been reading Smarter Workouts. You can hear the audio version of the book. I've been sharing episodes of it to help people learn how to. My goal for you, for listeners, is if you listen to this podcast, I want you to have the same amount of information as a personal trainer. I've been educating personal trainers for my career, and that's why I started the podcast. I want to educate you. And if you want to learn the same stuff as a personal trainer, learn how to design your own exercise programs then pick up a copy of Smarter Workouts. There's a link down below in the show notes. Or if you want to learn how to use exercise to slow down the aging process, it does and it can. High-intensity exercise can slow down the effects of aging. My book, Ageless Intensity, describes that. So both books are available down below in the show notes. Ageless Intensity, which will help you learn how to use exercise to slow down and manage aging. And Smarter Workouts, which will teach you the science behind designing exercise programs are both available down in the show notes. Now, that is an infomercial. That is a product pitch. <laughs> so that's a little bit different. You know, the interview with Dr. Farrell was me talking about a great program we make available to members, but me promoting my books is a definite product pitch. Obviously, I, hey, look, I love fitness. I love, I've made a career for more than tw almost 25 years. I've been making half-naked people sweaty. I was doing it in a gym. I do it through my writing, and now I'm doing it through a podcast form. It's really what I enjoy doing. Hopefully you picked up a little bit of information out of this episode. Hopefully it got you to think a little bit differently about your nutrition and what you put in your body. And if you notice, I really try to stay away from the D word. I, diet, to me, should be taken out of our lexicon. Diet should be taken out of our vocabulary. A diet, you can yes, you can follow a diet, but to me, diet is like a short term. I'm going to do this diet. I'm going to do that diet. Follow the nutrition plan. Identify the nutrition that works for you. And working with a coach like a better health coach can really make a big difference. The, the coach I worked with, we worked through the app, we had a couple phone calls, was really help, help, helpful. <laughs> she was really helpful and, and helped me uh, hold myself accountable for what I was putting into my body. So I really, as somebody who experienced the program, I really appreciate it. And that's one of the things I've been trying to do. As a director of education, my role in the company is to do the quality assurance of our personal trainers. 
to make sure our personal trainers are well-educated, up-to-date in the latest science and the latest findings and, and whatnot. So my, my job is to help educate and upskill our personal trainers. And, and part of that is really helping them understand how everything fits together, not just exercise, but nutrition, recovery, and whatnot. And we really are, at our company, we are really trying to do fitness differently. That's why I came on board with this company. I've been in fitness a number of years. I've been a freelance. I was a freelance consultant for a number of years. But I saw what EOS was doing, and I thought they were doing, they're doing all the right things. And as a fitness geek, as somebody who loves fitness, as somebody who's made a career of making, getting people sweaty, they were the team I wanted to join. They were the company I wanted to be a part of. So I'm really stoked with my position to be doing that. And I still continue on doing the podcast because it's a lot of fun and I can do it around around my work schedule. So don't worry about that. However, there is going to be a little warning because sometimes those worlds do intersect because I will be working with certain people in my role with EOS. I may invite those people into the podcast world, mainly because they're, we're doing something cool and unique and that can make a difference in your life. And that's exactly why I interviewed Dr. Farrow. Yes, I'm working with him in a professional capacity, but working with him to use his program and to implement his program or his protocol with our members and I'm seeing the difference. We're getting the member testimonials. We're hearing back from our members that finished the protocol. We are hearing phenomenal things. We're getting some phenomenal testimonials. Oh, final note. There is going to be um, a link to Dr. Iflin's interview down in the show notes. Um, keep in mind that that's very important. Uh, an interview I did last year, Dr. Joan Iflin, it talks about processed food addiction. And that's a very important interview. And there'll be a link down to that below in the show notes. Hey, if you're still listening, thanks for tuning in. I do appreciate your time. I do appreciate your ears to the podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for stopping by. And I do look forward to having you join me for future episodes of All About Fitness.